Thanks to Cove for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Cove is the leading online migraine clinic specializing in the diagnosis and treatment of migraines all from the comfort of your own home. Go to withcove.com slash dreamjob for 50% off your first month of medication and free two-day shipping. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I am so excited because next week we are doing the podcast bootcamp. It's called It's Your Turn to Podcast because that's right. It's your turn. It's your turn to podcast. I'm going to be teaching you next week how to start a podcast, how to grow an engaged audience, and then how to monetize your podcast. Those are the three things we're going to be talking about and it's all free. So if you want to sign up and join me, go to kathyheller.com slash bootcamp. This is going to be my free week to spend time with you live. And every single day I'll be with you 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. And if you sign up and can not make it live, we will send you the replay. We will send you the replay. This is me telling you everything that I possibly can over the next five days about how you can create a thriving, successful podcast. Truly, when people say, what is the most impactful thing? What's the single most impactful thing that you've ever done for your life, for your business, for your family? The answer is all the same, the podcast. The podcast has helped me in my business in ways that it's almost a phenomenon. It's it's hard to really quantify how much it has grown the business. And I'll talk to you all about why next week and how you can create those streams of income. You know, I was just reading that the average podcaster's salary, the average podcaster's salary is 74000 just for the podcast. That's, that's an incredible average. It's amazing. It's also given me the opportunity to connect with so many incredible people around the world. It's given me the ability to start showing up and using my voice and knowing what it feels like to really step into leadership. It's created opportunities for me like book deals and now I'm working on a TV pilot. It's just been such a tremendous gift. And also maybe the most important thing is the way in which it has given me an ability to contribute and how many people I have met like you who have just added so much depth and meaning to my life. So if you want me to teach you everything about podcasting, come join me next week. Go to kathyheller.com slash bootcamp. It's your turn. It's your turn to podcast. It's your turn to show up. It's your turn for your voice to be heard. It's your turn to see just what could happen if you just started a podcast. So we're going to get into all that. Go to kathyheller.com slash bootcamp. It's completely free. Can't wait to see you there. Well, today I'm excited because my very good friend, Kelsey Murphy, is back on the podcast. She is a life and business coach. She is a top mentor in Marie Forleo's B-School. She's also a podcaster. She's been here a couple of times to talk about becoming a coach and how to create a life you love. So if you haven't heard those episodes yet, you're definitely going to want to listen to those. This time, she's going to get into more details about having a career as a coach, like how to figure out what you should charge and how you can give your clients a transformation. Plus, she's going to talk about how you can use podcasting to grow your business. And speaking of podcasts, go check out Kelsey's podcast. It's called Whiskey and Work, and she covers topics that are right up your alley, like motivation, goal setting, time management, creating habits, creating balance, and starting your own business. Kelsey is such a gem, and she's always so generous with the information that she shares. So I'm really grateful, not only that she's in my life, but that she's here today. You're going to love her. Without further ado, please welcome the incredible Kelsey Murphy. Hi, Kels. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I love seeing you. This is the best. I know. I know. I'm so sorry. I hope my internet is okay. I'm actually randomly in Hawaii right now. So oh, I'm in like a awful. hotel room. <laughs> how terrible for you. Um, well, welcome, Kelsey. I'm so glad that you made the time to join us while you're there in Hawaii. Of course. Um, Kelsey is one of my favorite people in the world. She is so kind and human. She's a phenomenal mother. She's a phenomenal wife. She's a phenomenal coach. You are really like the go-to person in my head whenever I think of like, oh, that would be what I think a lot of people would love to see their life become is having a really yummy, like grounded, stable, delicious home life and getting to just do the kind of coaching that you do, which feels so good and, and does so well financially. So let's talk a little bit about where you came from because you had a job job, which you then quit. And you entered into a life that's so much more expansive and so much more aligned. And you could be in Hawaii right now doing this call. So what was going on before you quit? Where were you? 
And what was sort of that breaking point of like, no, I'm really out. I have to leave. Ooh, such a juicy, juicy topic. So let me take you back to my advertising days, which was in San Francisco. And that was my first kind of job. But to understand kind of a little bit about who I am, I come from this smaller town in Southern California, and I'm an incredible, incredible homebody. Like I just wanted to be with my family. I wanted like 10 kids. I wanted to live next to my mom on this tiny cul-de-sac street that we grew up on. I was a real introvert. I always envisioned just being a stay-at-home mom like that. Those are my goals. I'm like, let me just be a stay-at-home mom, chill with my kids. And so that was the dream. And so I thought, I'm going to go to the big city for a couple of years. I'm going to, you know, sow my oats a bit. And then find my husband, I'm going to settle down and have my 10 babies and live next door to my mom. I like, like, let's just, let's do the thing folks. And then I started working in San Francisco and I was like, Ooh, this is kind of fun. Like, Oh, like, and I started to enjoy that a bit. And then, you know, like life just changes. Like I didn't, I didn't find my husband because I was busy working. I started feeling like, ah, like maybe that's not the path I was meant to do. Maybe I'm meant to work. And then I started like leaning into this idea of work and just being successful and just, you know, kind of climbing the ranks and like getting promoted. And then, you know, I felt like I wasn't myself. I felt like almost like a shell of who I was, you know, I was kind of pretending to be this like super excited advertising exec. And, and I climbed those ranks fast. You know, I was like the youngest account director at at my agency. I started working with people like Britney Spears and Bono. And it was like on paper, I was like, Ooh, I have made it. Like I could go to the bar and order a cocktail. And I was like, yeah, like, mm -hmm, like I've done it. And then um, I would go home and I would cry, you know, I would go home and cry because I would be like, this is not what I wanted to do. And when I look at my agency and I look at the entire industry, I was looking up for women that were living lives that I wanted to. And none of them were, they were all having to rush out of the door to work at home. And they were always missing their kids things. And they were wonderful women, incredible women, but they didn't have the lifestyle that I wanted. Almost looking at their lifestyle made me like so sad. And like, it just is what it is. Like if you're a working mom, you just always have to miss those things, you know, or like you put your career or you be a stay at home mom, but then you don't get the fun career. Right. And then I'd start to talk to stay at home moms and they'd be like, don't leave your job. Don't leave your job. Keep one foot in the door, just a little something, you know, and I'd be like, no one seems happy here. <laughs> like what, yeah. what's, what's going on, you know? And that was like a big, when I started to, to realize how unhappy I was and started to look at like, what, what do you want, Kelsey? If you're unhappy here, what is the next step? What do you want? I, I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be around women that were mentors that were living lives that I wanted, not just living careers that I wanted, not just having personal lives, but I wanted to be around people that had a personal life and a work life that I just loved and admired. And I realized I did want to work, but not a lot. Like I wanted to work maybe like part-time hours. And then I also wanted to be home with my kids part-time, but I wanted to be making a significant amount of money on those part-time hours. And I knew it was possible. Like I knew I didn't have to be making a tiny bit of money for part-time, right? Like what I could do and how I could show up and help people for those 20 hours a week could be so significant. I was like, man, I I've got to find something where I can get paid to do that really well and then be home with my kids whenever I want. Right. And so that's when I started to stumble upon coaching and I'll say stumble upon, but like, and and Kathy, you know, this, like I explored every job under the sun. I was like sitting at massage orientation school like this being like, is this it for me? And I looked at going back to school and getting my MBA, you know, and I looked at going and being a guidance counselor, being a marriage and family therapist. And I explored so many different areas. And when I stumbled upon the world of coaching, I started to get into the world of the Marie Forleo's, the Gabby Bernstein's, the Danielle Laporte's, like those people. And I started to tiptoe around, what are you guys doing? And I saw that they were building these coaching businesses online. And I saw they had kids and I was like, wait, what? Wait, hold on. And I started to explore that a bit more. And that's when like the light bulb went off with the online business world for me the online business world was the key to it. And I just saw that trajectory like skyrocketing, right? Like, and, and COVID and everything I think has like 10 X that for us, like the opportunities with like online and distance and 
you know, everything you can do from home is so much more significant. I think we were going there anyways, but like the last year just like expedited it tenfold. But um, I saw it and I started to envision what that would be like. And I started to calculate the numbers of like, how much could I make per hour? Like, what kind of freedom could I have? Like, you know, and I just started to play around with these ideas. And then that's when that's when I, I was like, you know what, like, I think coaching is your thing. And then I followed that. And I sat at coaching orientation school like this. <laughs> and then I fell in love, right? Like when I was at that, like, it just was like a straight shot to my heart. And I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to make this work. I have no idea what kind of coaching specialty I'm going to be. I have no idea who my first client's going to be, but I can tell something in my gut is telling me this is what I'm going to be good at. This is what I'm going to be happy doing the numbers work out, the schedule and freedom works out for my kids. I could have this teeny tiny business, which as you know, is all I want. I want a teeny tiny, very lucrative business that allows me to like, you know, sit at the beach here with my kiddos, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. And you've gone and done that. And what you said is really so juicy because what you just painted is a new American dream. It's a new possibility. And it is now very much in the forefront of everyone's mind, which is how can I do something from home? And not that it has to be the four hour work week, but sort of more in that direction, instead of making this choice between working a job that might make a lot of money and I have to sacrifice all of this, how could I actually do it on my terms, right? And and I think for women through, through so much of the last couple generations, we've worked so hard to say, pay us what they get paid or let me in that office and let me make partner. But then you step back and you're like, wait, wait, did that check all the boxes of what I actually wanted? Or is there like a way to yes and that? Is there an even more expansive version of that, which is, oh, I don't want to have to give up this either. Like I want to be there for school pickup. So could I ask a different question, which is instead of doing it on their terms like that, how could I do it here? How could I build a business I know because I've known Kelsey so well for so long, like there are days in her calendar of the week, every week, she is just off. She's like, oh, me and Danny, we're, we're going on our walk. McKenna and I, we're, we, that's the day we like pick flowers and sit at the butterfly park and that that's, that's a non-negotiable. And then the three days that she works, she is working and she is passionate. I want all of you to hear that because that's why you're sitting here today, because you are a model for that kind of a life and you do it so well. You are so adamant about those boundaries so that you don't miss holding those little hands so that you're not missing date night where you drink and wine and you and your husband, like that's happening. You're not too depleted to make that happen. I can't say that I have all of that, but I do have the part with the kids. Like I do have that. And I definitely set that as an intention. So when you actually said, okay, I'm going to do coaching and you started to do it, what came first, right? And then I know you and I've talked about this so many times and she's been on the podcast, but for those who haven't heard it and let's go a little deeper this time, what came first? Was there you putting out content first? Was it you doing some free sessions first, which turned into packages, coaching packages? How do you begin so that people listening can say, that's what I want. This is how I'm going to start. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a good question. And where I started was absolutely free sessions. And uh, for me, I, I did it in a very specific way. So I started by trying to understand where I could help people, right? Where I could help them get that transformation, where I could help them get a result. And I started at the lowest hanging fruit. Like what was I really good at? And I was really good at helping people to figure out do they like their current job? Do they want to get promoted? Do they want to leave? Do they want to find another job? Because there was a real mindset, especially with women going on maternity leave and things like that, that they just had to stay put where they were. And I was able to help them figure out like, there are so many jobs out here, especially if you're in San Francisco or in the city. I was like, oh my gosh, the opportunity is endless. And um, there's something where we stop like we, we shut those kind of neural pathways off. We, we stop believing that there are the, these alternative routes, or we think about the alternative routes and they just seem like so much work, right? Like, they're just like, ah, like, yeah, maybe there's another job out there, but I have to fix my resume and I have to go out and I have to find it and grab another skill set. And at the end of the day, I'm already exhausted. I'm depleted and I'm burnt out. And I just want to make an easy transition. So like I knew I could help those people, not only to understand how important the, the dream life was for them to really crystallize it, right? To take it out of this 
idea phase and put it on paper and then find that, find that next job. So that was my lowest hanging fruit at the time. Um, I knew I, I could help people to get that result. And so I started to dabble in it by doing it in some free sessions here and there, right? Just like, just as I was kind of getting a couple little trainings, I was taking some courses, I started to do a few free sessions. And then once I really, I mean, when I say once I really like got my bearings about me, it was like a month later, like a month later, I was like, okay, Here's now the structured way I'm going to do pro bono clients. And this is something that I, I teach my coaches is I usually offer one month of free coaching. And I will, re- I reached out to all my friends and family and I said, Hey, I'm super excited. I am helping women who are transitioning out of their job to find the job that they love. That's going to make them the same kind of money. That's going to make them happier. That's going to give them a schedule that they love. I'm helping women to find that. Um, I am opening up like five free coaching spots for the month of August. It's going to be a month of career and life coaching. If you know somebody that wants that, please forward this along to them. It's going to be a first come first serve. I'm doing free 20 minute discovery calls. And it was amazing the amount of people that responded to that because it wasn't a sales pitch. It was about passion, right? It was about like, I'm so excited to be doing this, right? Like I'm so excited about it. So it was about passion. And it also wasn't a direct pitch to them. It was more of like, if you know anyone in your circle, right? And then there was like a PS that was like, clearly this applies to you, but it's more if you know anyone and want to pass it on. So because it wasn't a direct pitch and because it was based in passion and not sales, the response was amazing, right? So many people were like, me, 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 right? And then I got to bring those people on and I just did three coaching sessions with them. So it was just literally three hours out of my month, right? Like it was a one week, one week, two week, three. And so I did three simple sessions with them. And then I, I said to them at the end, like, hopefully this is helpful. I am going to open up some paid spots in September. You have first dibs on them. There's zero pressure at all. But if you want a spot, you know, in my, in my paid sessions that start in September, you get them. Right. And then, and it was easily like a 50% conversion for me. And so anytime in the first kind of six to 12 months that I wanted um, to bring in some more clients or I needed that before I figured out my funnel, right? Before I figured out how to put content out there, how to write my weekly emails, how to get in that zone, I just knew I needed to do, I needed to take action. I needed to be doing the work of coaching people. So anytime I needed, I needed to bring in some new clients, I would do kind of like, hey, hey, in this beginning of the year, it's January, I'm going to take on another three clients for pro bono for one month. If you know of anyone, it was a pretty easy process in the beginning. It was more of a mindset issue, right? Because you're like, I don't want to pitch. I don't really know if I'm an expert. I don't know if I can do this, right? So it was making that email more about passion and anyone you know in your circle was like really, really helpful for me. Oh, Kelsey, you've helped so much. And if you don't mind, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I think it's helpful for people. And so you could you can be as specific as you want. You could be as vague as you want, but that's where she started, right? And I want to give... I want to give people a sense because you even said it. You're like, oh my God, that's how much money I can make. You went from that to then charging, what was it like 500 a month? And then the next jump, was it like 1500 a month? And then I know there was a point where that I knew you were charging. And I was like, that's what she charges a month. Damn girl. I was like, that is, that is significant. And you were like, yep. And I only want this many at that price. And I already, I'm already full. (laughs) I was like, that's how you work it. So would you mind being sort of behind the scenes, a little bit more transparent? You can be as vague or as specific as you want, but I would love people to see what the range looks like because it is something that you live in this moment. And I don't know that everybody has a sense of sort of where you go from pro bono, let's get this started to here's a good place to start charging. And then you keep progressing until maybe, you know, give them a sense of what the different degrees are on that dial. Absolutely. When I first did that, the specifics of the pricing was I, when it was free, I went literally from free to full price for me at the time. Right. So I didn't jump in with like, Hey, um, if you want one of those paid spots, looking back, maybe I would have given them like a little, like, you know, $50 off discount or maybe like a hundred dollars as like some, as kind of like a returning customer type of a thing. But, um, the first price that I did was four ninety five a month. So I started, so it was about 500 bucks a month and they were three month 
commitments. So I'm a big believer in doing at least three month commitments uh, with coaches, especially if you're a new coach, it may take you a little while to get in the groove and like help make those transformation and results really apparent, right? So you also want someone that's got some skin in the game, right? Like you want someone that's like, I realize that this is an evolution and a journey. I realize this isn't just like a quick fix. So that almost filters kind of specific people out for me when I'm like, it's a three month commitment. It's 500 bucks. Right. And that's where I started. And then every, in the beginning, it was about every three to five people. Um, I would, Oh, I, I see in, in the comments. Yeah. So for me, it was, um, it was $500 for the month for the three sessions. So a total of $500. And then every about three to five people, I would start to increase it. So I would start to bump it up to 600 and then 700 and then 800. And in the beginning, it was just like, I would bump it up about a hundred every three people. And then I would always do kind of a reset. And like, as you know, Kathy, I do like kind of like a three-year manifesto, like, Hey, what is, what do I want three years to look like? I really would do that reset really strongly in November, December. And so I could send out a note to my current clients about prices increasing, and then also um, increase my prices at the beginning of every year, right? Like I knew January was a big year for big, big timing for coaching. So you get a lot of influx in January. So I knew if I felt confident in my ability and my results, then I could go ahead and I could bump that pricing up. But I think that we often struggle with that confidence of pricing, right? Which um, for me, it was like, once you get three more clients, I kind of like had the three client rule. Once you get three more clients, you can bump that up um, and then see if that's what the market will bear. See if you feel comfortable. My friend, actually, Alex taught me this, but like the way that I look at pricing is like, I think about it on a ladder right? And you're climbing the ladder rungs and you're like, okay, like, so maybe my pricing is going to be 500. Okay. Maybe pricing is going to be 600. And you keep going up that ladder and bumping it up until you're in this really nervous place where you're like, oh, my pricing is going to be 900. And you're really kind of feeling nervous, right? Then you go up one more and you're like, oh, my pricing is going to be a thousand. And at a certain point, you're going to be like, I feel so uncomfortable. And you're like, okay, good. Go right back down to that rung that felt exciting nerve wracking, like stretch zone, that's the rung you want to be on for pricing and then go out there and test it with three people, see how it feels for you. You can always bring it back down. But often as, as coaches, we're like these empathetic, soulful, connective, soft skill humans, right? And so we, we don't always take a look at kind of the market dynamics and how much we can value like what the, the service that we're providing. And so I always tell people like, go to that stretch zone with that pricing, see how it feels for three people. And then you can pivot if you need to. Yep. And when you're sort of looking at where you are now or where coaches that you admired, right? The Danielle Laportes and all yes. that. Where Where is a sort of pie in the sky place that people can get to? Is it sort of like after, let's say a few years of doing this well, you could be at, 1500 a month, 10,000 a month, like what's the scale? Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely depends on the type of people you want to work with. You know, like I'm very lucky in the fact that I kind of got into this connective group of working with these seven figure entrepreneurs and they're all these soulful, amazing humans, right? I kind of always assumed once I started charging like a ton that I'd be working with kind of like kind of jerks, you know, like people that were like, not nice. And I was like, I just don't want to like charge that much and work with those kinds of people. Right. And then all of a sudden I met those kinds of people and they really weren't like that, at least like the ones that we were kind of connected to. Right. So I started working with these amazing humans. Um, and honestly, now I don't take on any one-on-one -on -one clients in unless it's a very specific referral. And I really just kind of do VIP days. Right. So and I think that for VIP days, it can span. I mean, there are people that charge $100,000 for a VIP day, right? There are people that charge $5,000 for a VIP day. I would, I would approach a VIP day like the same exact way. I would probably start at, depending on like what your skill set is and what kind of results you can get people, like start at like 5K, bump it up to 10K. You know, I was up in the 20, 30K, you know, so range. And for me, when I started doing monthlies, um, I, I didn't charge per month anymore, right? I charged for every like six months. Like at that point in like my business kind of career, I was like, if you want to work with me, it's six months, right? You know, we're going to start at 
you know, somewhere between a 20 to 30 gram minimum. And then we can talk about what that looks like moving forward. So, I mean, it really depends on who you're working with and, and how comfortable you feel, how you want to set it up, right? Like there became a point where three months wasn't enough skin in the game. I wanted someone to be really like, we're in this for a long-term relationship, right? I wanted to be connected to them. I wanted to see long-term gains and results, right? So, um, and now I really only take one-on-ones VIPs like referrals, right? But um, I do my mastermind, which is what I love the most. And I think that's what a lot of people probably in here, if you're thinking about being a coach, you'll start in the one-on-one world, but then eventually you're probably gonna wanna scale, right? You can start one-on-one, and the two directions you go are you just continuously charge more per hour or per month. But at a certain point, people will hit a ceiling, just a ceiling. They're just not comfortable going that much higher with like the target audience that they're working with. Say it's like a parenting coach and you're working with moms and you just don't feel comfortable charging 10 grand a month, right? Like, so you will pivot and you will probably start doing groups, right? Like you'll probably start doing something that's like a course or a group, or you will scale it where you go one to many. And that's kind of what I do with my mastermind now, right? And the mastermind is usually between an eight to 10 minimum to get in, but it's, you're working with me for six to 12 months, right? And you're working with a group of people and you do, you get access to me in, in, a, in a different kind of a way that allows me more freedom, but it also allows people personal access to me kind of on my terms, you know? Oh, it's fantastic. And I hope that for those of you listening, the light bulbs are going off when Kelsey's saying, if she has a group program, she's charging anywhere between eight and $10,000. Think about how that can change your life significantly. Think about what she said about then getting to a place where she had people coming in for six months at a time, 20 to $30,000. And, and here's the thing, and you mentioned it, Kelsey, and this is what I think we we're going to have to get right into you said, but it can be difficult to find that confidence in charging, right? And there have been questions in the chat, like, well, what if someone's are successful? What do you help that person with? Or what if you don't have enough to talk about after three sessions? I think fundamentally we have to look at what's required of you to be a fantastic coach and how do we step into holding the space for other people with confidence, Right. So let's talk about that. Let's explore that. So uh, there's a couple of different things I would think about when you are evaluating your coaching skill set, right? And the first thing I always tell people, and this is when people are asking about certifications and they're asking, how do I know when I'm good enough to charge? How do I know when I'm a, a good coach? And for me, it's not that I don't believe in certifications because I do believe you should find mentors and you should get training and you should learn, you know, you should always be continuing to educate yourself on your craft, right? But I believe that you really are a coach when you can help someone get a very clear transformation or result. It doesn't matter on your training. It doesn't matter about your certificates. It's all about getting someone a transformation or result. And that can be emotional. That can be tangible. That can be financial. But the goal is to get really clear with yourself and with the person you're working with. Like, this is where we are and this is where we want to go. Like, I can help you get there. And then you can, you can jump into your coaching, you know, your skill set. But the thing I feel like that we get nervous about as coaches is defining what that result or transformation is. And part of it's because most people that are really good coaches are good at so many things. They have these extensive nine to five backgrounds, right? And they have these other amazing skill sets. And so they come to the table and being able to simplify and define what's a singular transformation or a singular result I want to help someone with is really difficult, right? So that's what I feel like is the first beautiful little golden nugget you want to land on. And I, I definitely have a lot of opinions on ways to test that and ways to go out into the field and kind of play around with a couple options. Cause I will always tell people like, I, I wasn't like instantly, I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to help people get a transformation in their career. It wasn't as simple as that, right? It was like sitting at 
massage orientation school and also thinking, maybe I'll be a relationship coach. Maybe I'll be a divorce coach. Maybe I'll be a retirement coach, right? Like, so there's all these things that percolate in your brain and you want to find a low risk way to kind of test it or dip your toe in the water so you can get a feel for like, is, is this something I like? Is this something I'm good at? You will know, you will get an intuitive gut hit right away, usually with those things. And then you can decide, okay, I'm going to double down on this and I'm going to test it even further or I'm going to pivot right away. So for me, it's really about defining the result or transformation that you can get. And then when you get into the coaching sessions, like when you are actually doing the work, right? Like this is where you're creating the space, you're doing the work. I will always talk about kind of a coaching container. Like you want to hold this beautiful coaching container for your client so that that's where the bulk of the work can happen. And I think that you want to open it, you want to discover in the middle, and then you want to close it, right? And when you open it, I always say that the beginning of the coaching container is opening it and saying, okay, what do we want to achieve today in our small time together in our 45 minutes? What is going to make this call feel like a home run? What are, what's going to make you walk away from this call just saying, okay, this was the best use of my time all week. And that exercise alone, I will tell you can be the most magical gift you can give someone because often we come to coaching sessions and we're like, I don't know what I want to talk about, or I've got so many things and helping someone just have that space to sit and say, what would be the best use of this time? Like, what is the most important thing on my heart? I love this conversation, but before we keep going, we're just going to thank our sponsor. One of the most annoying things that can throw off my day is a bad migraine. It's so hard to focus. My energy gets completely drained and I can barely get anything done. Thankfully, there's Cove. Cove, the leading online migraine clinic, specializes in the diagnosis and treatment of migraines all from the comfort of your own home. With only one specialist per 80,000 migraine sufferers in the U.S., Cove makes quality care accessible and affordable. Go to withcove.com and complete an online consultation designed by leading neurologists. It's as thorough as an in-person doctor visit. A licensed doctor will review your migraine history and recommend a treatment plan customized specifically to your needs. I used Cove and it was super helpful because the prescriptions were delivered right to my door. The last thing I want to do when I have a migraine is go to the doctor's office or wait in a long line at the pharmacy. What I also love about Cove is that it's really affordable. Their doctor fees and prescriptions are as little or less than most insurance co-pays and prescriptions start at just $10 a month. This is specialized care to help you better control your migraine and have more migraine-free days. Cove's doctors have treated 2.4 million migraine attacks and counting. Go to withcove.com to see their reviews. 96% of patients give the doctors and care five stars. Get the relief you need right now with Cove. Go to withcove.com slash dreamjob for 50% off your first month of medication and free two-day shipping. That's 50% off your first month of medication and free two-day shipping at withcove.com slash dreamjob. Spelled W-I-T-H. C-O-V-E dot com slash dream job. I feel like one of the things that happens is we feel like the requirement, the responsibility feels like I'm supposed to have the answer for this other person. Like if I'm a coach, maybe even different, maybe people feel that way when they're thinking about therapists too. But for sure, I've heard that when people are thinking about coaching, like, oh, they're going to ask me, you know, do I take this job or this job? Do I break up with this person or not? Do I move to this place or not? What do I do? And that almost seems impossible, right? And yet you're able, because I know I've had the absolute gift of having Kelsey as a friend where she's so generous and she'll be like, just call me right now. I want to talk you through this. I'm like, no, 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 you're my friend. Let me pay you. She's like, no, you're my really close friend to help you. And for like 45 minutes, I always feel literally like you've lifted weights off of me. And it's not because you are so familiar with like exactly what I'm dealing with in that moment. And you know, the exact answer, but somehow, some way you always have helped me. No joke. Every time I'm like, oh, she just lifted that boulder. That is the answer. So how do you, as a coach, how do you help them figure out what's the process through the call that will lead that person to their answer? Yeah. So I have a true belief that like we already have the answers inside of us, right? Like we are our best guide. Um, and if you can find somebody that can help you pull that out, right? That can help you quiet the noise and put the clutter away and rem come back to yourself 
and remember what it is that you cared about in the very beginning. Remember what it was that you wanted. Remember what the big goal is that you're going towards. Like if you can have someone that can see you from a holistic standpoint, then all of a sudden you are the one that answers the question. It's just usually someone that can help you clear that clutter out, right? So when I come in, like, and you do this for me too, Kath, but like when, when you can come into someone and you can say to them, like, okay, I hear seven different things. So like, let's take a deep breath. Let me, what if only one of those happened this year, what was, what would be the most important thing to you and why? And tell me about that. And once someone has a moment to reflect on that, they're like, oh yeah, I don't care about any of that other stuff. This is the thing. And I'm like, okay, so all that other stuff you have to get done put it till later today or tomorrow and just do this one thing. Cause this is the only thing that's going to matter that you get done this week. Right. And when you can help someone as a coach like that, define that for themselves, you realize like your job is truly to guide them and not to give them the answer. Right. Like, but I will say it does take skill and our own, we have to watch ourselves as coaches because we want to give the answers. Like, like that's almost like something we just have to work on our skill is when someone says something and like, like for you, if you were to say something to me and I've got an opinion on it, I'm like, Ooh, I've just watched Marie Forleo launch this entire course and blah, blah, blah. And I have all these opinions. I want to hold myself back to say, why is this important to you? What's the end result here for you? Tell me more about that. And when I do that, I realize, oh yeah, I have my opinion on the answers, but she already knows what's mo most important to her. Like she already knows where she, she's already now that she's got this clarity, she's 10 steps ahead. Like she's rocking and rolling and the momentum is so significant. So um, I, I think if we can help people clarify in the beginning, and that's usually what I do in the beginning of my coaching containers. And then the middle is just that discovery piece, right? It's asking those beautiful questions of like, tell me more, tell me why that's important to you and helping like to say, oh, wait, hold on, let's not move because you just said something and I heard your voice change. Like, tell me about that. Like, tell me more about that. And then all of a sudden you go deeper and deeper and deeper, right? And then you close the conversation at the very end of the coaching container simply by asking them to reflect on what has been most helpful for you. Because we often feel like we need to say that like, okay, so we've closed. So we've just had a great coaching conversation. So here are your next steps. When it's not our job to give those next steps. Again, it's our job to hold the space to say, now, what are you going to take with you through the week? Like from this call, and I would, I would ask the same thing in, in our call today, right now, I would say for everyone at the end of this call to think of what's the one thing from this call you're going to take with you throughout the week. What was the one aha? What was the one moment that tugged at you? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's when you've just given someone the opportunity to reflect, to just say, what is important to me? What's the one thing I'm going to take away and like move forward with, you know? I love this. It, it reminds me one of my favorite Indigo Girls songs is Least Complicated. And, you know, the chorus is the hardest to learn was the least complicated. And I, I feel like we are so committed to the thought that things have to be hard, right? And so if I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to make 6,000 a month or not, whatever it is, even 1,500 a month, 300 a month, I have to have answers. I have to have this. I have to have a, a system, a process. I have to have a trademark secret, whatever, the hardest to learn is the least complicated. It's like what you're really saying over and over again is that the quality of a coach and Martha Beck herself, who I think is one of the most world-renowned coaches, she coaches Oprah for God's sakes. She said, to the extent that the coach can facilitate that safe space so that the person can be guided to their own answer, that is something that we all can get so good at, right? That is within reach. And the other thing, Kelsey, that you keep saying since the beginning of showing up here today, that is also the hardest to learn is the least complicated. You keep saying something that I love that I want everyone to like, I want to highlight it for everyone. You keep saying with yourself, the question you asked yourself and the question you ask other people, what do you really want? What would feel really good? And you and I have talked about this many times, but I wanted to just share. I wanted to like take out this highlighter and like scrub over it a bunch of times because we typically get really distracted from the life we actually want to live. And you are a stand for what's the life you want to design. And you do that process with yourself over and over again. That's how you got led to where you are. And just that question, well, what would feel really good to you? 
Well, what makes you most happy? Well, what it's like, oh, that gets to be the thing that matters. Oh, that gets to even be a question, right? Versus like, well, there's this option and this option and then there's this problem and there's this person who has a need and then this would be better for my 401k, but then my daughter would be better over here. It's like, what would feel good to you? What actually do you want? What would be like sort of the moon and the stars? Wow, right? Wow. And so not only have you done that with your own life, made an intentionally designed life day to day, but that's what you keep coming back to even at the end of the session, what felt really good? <laughs> at the beginning of the session, what would feel really good if we could handle that piece today? Mm-hmm. Why is this so in the blind spot? And how do we begin to know the answer to the question, what would feel good? And how do we begin to give ourselves the permission to ask the question, what would feel good? Mm. Oh my gosh, it's such a good one. I mean, I'm a big believer in rituals and systems. And I will say, I think one of the biggest hiccups with that question for us, what would feel good? What what do we really want? What is going to make us happy? Is that we assume we should know it. And we have shame Mm -hmm. when we don't, right? We assume like, oh, we should just know this and it should just come right out of us. Right. And then when it doesn't, we're like, oh, like there's this weird shame about it. And the reality is, and you said a, a couple times when you were speaking right there that like, I keep coming back to, and that's what it's about. I have to keep coming back to myself. I have to keep coming back to what's, what makes me happy. I have to keep checking in with myself and it's not a once a year thing. It's not a every new year's thing. It is a once a day thing. It is a resetting almost every single moment this wonderful woman, Melissa Daimler, she worked at Twitter. She had talked about mindfulness in the workspace. And uh, she'd said this thing to me years and years ago that stuck with me, but it, it was about being mindful of what's happening. And she said, I literally have to have a trigger where she goes every time she goes to the bathroom and washes her hands. That is her trigger to ask herself, am I being mindful? Like, am I taking it all in or am I just rushing through? And I adopted that. And so I I totally stole it from her. And every time I wash my hands now, I check in with myself and I say, did you just notice like the way that your little daughter like yanked on your, your dress and she's never done that before? Like, did you just notice the way that, that you and Colin now passingly just give each other kisses and now your daughters give each other kisses because they try to emulate, like, did you take that in today? And so coming back to myself is a process and a ritual. It's as many times a day as I need to do it to come back. And it's the same thing with asking what makes me happy? What's important to me? It's a constant checking in with yourself. It's a constant coming back to yourself because you will blink and you will evolve. You will blink and life will change. Things will happen, especially in this world of COVID. We will lose people. We will gain people things happen and we change and we don't notice it. And then all of a sudden we blink and it's six months later and you're like, why am I unhappy? That's because you, you've changed, you've evolved and you get the opportunity to check back in with yourself and say today in this moment, what would make me happy? What would make me happy if tomorrow I had the perfect day? I, will, I always call it the day of the gods, you know, like if I had a day of the gods tomorrow, like what would that look like? Right. So I have all these little rituals that remind me that I'm, I need to come back to who I am and to ask myself, are you there? Are you in this moment? Are you seeing it all? You know, mm. I've never heard that before, Kelsey. I've never heard somebody say it like that. And that feels so right that we assume we should know the answer. And then there's shame and panic. How do I not know what's wrong with me? How do I not know what I want? How do I not know what's going to feel good? And you're right. A, we have to keep coming back to it and B, well, we're so different than we were at nine. Maybe you don't want the same thing that you wanted nine, nine months ago, let alone when you were 20. And so what do you do with that? Right. And I love that question. If tomorrow you could have a day of the gods, like, what does that look like? And along those lines of the overcoming of the fear to listen to ourselves, I want to ask you about that because let's say you get to this place like so many of us are even feeling right now, these little, we can kind of like feel the hues of the colors starting to get clearer as you're even talking, like we're 
stir in that dream pot, you know, and then comes the, oh, I was about to open the door and free myself from this cage of this limiting paradigm that I'm constantly in. But I go back because what if that's a crazy idea? What if it doesn't work out? What if the idea, like I've seen friends of mine who used to work in some, some of their mutual friends of ours, who let's say they used to work in San Francisco, they moved to a ranch in Montana. And you might look at that for a second and be like, that's so cool, but that's insane. That's crazy. I couldn't do that, right? Or even if it's something with, with work where you're like, well, I would really love to start a podcast, but oh my God, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. Who would think that I, nobody will think that I'm capable. Oh, that's so stupid. So when you get that hit, but then the certainty is not there. And it feels scary. What do you encourage people to do? Because that that is so uncomfortable that it can sometimes trump how excited you are about that little whisper. Yeah. I mean, we have those fear responses and they're good, right? Like they're there to keep us from a saber-tooth tiger, right? Like so they're they're not going away. <laughs> like we are we are built with the fear inside of us. Um, I think that what we learn to do over time, and especially as entrepreneurs, right, is to see the fear and to just hold it there and to acknowledge it and say, hey, what's up? Like, there you are again, <laughs> you know, keeping me dead in my tracks. Like, I'm, I'm, I see you, I, I, I'm gonna love up on you and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and do this anyways, right? Like, so a lot of times we're trying to like ignore it or again, more shame pops up because we're like, oh, like I'm just always scared or I'm not a brave person or I'm not a jump off the cliff kind of a person. And I will tell you, I am not that person either. Like um, I'm not a person that can just do things. Like when I started my podcast, it took me years of the thought of starting my podcast to actually do it, right? Like, so I am not a throw stuff against the wall, see if it sticks kind of a person. Like my go-to is to overanalyze, is to think about it too much. And that's a way of protecting myself, right? And I used to hate that about myself. I used to be like, I just wish I could be like all these other people who just did it, right? Like, just like, oh, they could just do it. And I realized I was, I was really kicking myself when I was down, you know? And instead of loving up on the fact that like, you like to protect yourself. You're a protector, Kelsey. Like you care about yourself. You care about other people. That's what makes you a good mom. It makes you a good partner. So love that about yourself and then decide when it's holding you back from going after something and love up on it and say, I'm going to do this anyways, right? Like, and I'm going to be okay if I fail and I'm not going to do it to be perfect, right? I'm going to do it just to go out into the world and to show up. Like, I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm trying to be brave. Right. And that for me has just been, been the only way that I have been able to create this life and to create these things that I want is to love up on that piece of me that wants to be protected and that wants to keep everyone safe. Like that's a good thing about us, right? Love up on it, acknowledge it, put it to the side though, and say like, I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to try this out anyways. Mm, that feels so good. Okay. Now real quick, before you go, you not only have a podcast, but you've taught so many people how to have a successful podcast. And it's one of the signature things that you eventually did to grow your business. Tell us what are the things about podcasting that did indeed move your business forward? Why should somebody feel compelled to start a podcast? Oh my gosh. Yes. I love podcasting as like a coach, as an introvert, as someone who's just kind of like this person that doesn't want to be up on stages. Like I, like I, I like to have these kind of like intimate one-on-one conversations, right? Like they make me feel so good with like a cool community and crew, like around is like amazing, but this feels intimate, right? This feels connective. I'm in my zone as a coach. This is where I thrive. Um, so the idea of, of creating so much mass content for me felt very overwhelming as I thought about scaling my business, but podcasting felt doable, right? Like it's like you grab a microphone and you sit in the closet and you, you talk into the microphone and then it's like free published on iTunes. Like it's crazy, right? It's crazy that it's free. It's crazy that you can just sit in your closet and record it. So like I'm in Hawaii and I brought my little microphone, right? I'll record a podcast here. Like it's so, so simple. Um, so I think that there's a simplicity about it. And as, as you've heard, like, I really like to keep a simple, tiny, minimalist business as much as possible. Um, but the other thing about being a coach is I think with coaching, we tend to focus on our craft, on the coaching aspect on it, on the connective communication, on the, the coaching skill. 
And what gets coaches in a little bit of trouble is we don't lean into the marketing and sales piece, right? So we're I, there's so many brilliant, beautiful coaches that won't have a successful business because they, they're not learning that skill of marketing, right? They're not learning that skill of communicating to people, here's who I am, here's what I do. And that's because like we're these introvert, empathetic humans, right? That like to just do our work. We're like, we'd be happy just being coaches. And then when we try to like, sell ourselves or market and we don't do well, we second guess our coaching ability. And we're like, I just should, I knew I shouldn't have done this. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're still a great coach. Like there's probably people on here who are amazing coaches, right? You just need to learn a couple marketing skills, just a couple and not a lot, just a few very specific ones. And podcasting for me allowed me to do that every single week. Every single week I got to show up in my little microphone and it could be off the cuff, but I could talk about who I was and what I believed in. And I was able to test different ideas out, right? I had this 30 day passion planner and a morning routine planner. And I had a podcast with soul course and all these different things. And I could test them out on my podcast. And then I started to lean into more deeper things, right? Like what it looks like to build a business that you love where you only work part-time or what that looks like with your partner and relationships or how it changes as you become a mom and the fears that we have with imposter syndrome. And I started talking about these things. And the great thing was, is I could see how I felt when I talked about them and put like, I was actually producing content. I was no longer as a coach thinking about it in my empathetic, introverted state, right? With just my little one-on-one conversations. I was no longer thinking about it. It came out of my head and it came into this creative project, right? And when I first started it, there was zero pressure on it building my business. It was literally just, if I created a bunch of audio files for my daughters, right? And they could go back and they could listen to them. Like then, then it's a win, right? Then it's a win. Like that's all it is. This is a creative project for me. And then I just decided that it was going to be, you know, it was going to be something that I committed to. And then I ended up building my business because people were like, they resonated with it, you know? Yeah. It's so clear. And just really quickly. So when you say you just need a little bit of marketing help, it's like, you're so right. I know so many phenomenal people who are talented in so many regards. There's just, and as you said this word before, but I want to explain what you meant. There's no funnel and funnels don't have to mean those impersonal, a long series of emails. That's not what Kelsey meant. Kelsey just meant like, what is the actual funnel from human beings seeing you in the world, your visibility that leads them to a way to engage with you, that leads them to a way to raise their hand and want to work with you. And then you actually give them a way to, to, you make the offer. That's a Mm -hmm. funnel, right? A funnel doesn't have to be this bro marketing that you see where somebody gets you know, this constant, like, you know, hit over the head with the No. So in that funnel, just to like, say it even clearer for just a next step is what you're saying that you would have a podcast offer a freebie. Is it the podcast leads to a way to get on your list and then getting on your list leads to the offer. Are you also putting the offer in your Instagram? Like maybe at the time you were, Hey, I have three more spots for the mastermind DM me here. What are a couple quick ways to do that funnel, to get the visibility, engagement, the lead, and then the sale that you've found that works. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So when you're first starting out, I believe it's really kind of like it's, it's intimate reaching out and being very honest and connected. So I would be reaching out just via email, right? Like there's a lot of pressure that comes in posting on Instagram. If you don't feel that pressure posting on Instagram, do exactly what you're doing in your email on Instagram. I'm so passionate about this. I'm so excited. Here's what I'm opening up for August. You know, always put like a time frame in there. So there's kind of like, you know, an urgency. I'm always, op- I'm opening this up for August. Anyone that wants DM me, it's going to be first come first serve, right? So definitely could take that to Instagram. But if you're like, oh, too much pressure, which a lot of coaches feel, just do some emails, right? Like do some emails out to people. So when you're first starting out, that is the funnel. It's literally like your connection point, sending those emails, getting someone to come to you. You will eventually qualify them. You'll have them go through an application, right? Then you'll do a little 20 minute chat, which I call a discovery call, right? You do a little discovery call, you discover more things about them, and then you make sure this is the right fit and then you sign them, right? So that would kind of just be the funnel in the very, very, very beginning. 
Now, when you add a podcast in there, you can do it a few different ways, right? Like you can monetize your podcast from a sponsorship standpoint, but at that point you want to have like hundreds of thousands of followers to make that worthwhile. So I personally don't recommend focusing on sponsorships in the very beginning. The other way you can do it is always offer some sort of freebie on your podcast and get people into your list. So once they're on your list, you can start connecting with them. Absolutely. But I will tell you, for me, then this is kind of the third way. Podcasting for me works less to get people on my list, but it works as a way to shorten the sales cycle. Like I don't have to sell anyone that comes to me because they've already binged listen to me on my podcast. They've decided whether I'm their person or not. So when they come to the door, they're ready to pay and to be a client immediately. There's no selling that has to happen. So when you create a podcast and you're just yourself, you're like, especially as a coach, especially as a coach, because what you're selling is yourself, your voice, your vibe, your ability to help people. Like when you do a podcast, people just listen, right? They just listen and they binge listen. You become their best friend in their ear it's this beautiful connective experience, right? That I feel like, I just feel like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like it feels so lucky. I feel so lucky that we get to create these things and they're out there for free and you make this connection with them. So your sales cycle goes from like, oh, like a million touch points, a million emails, the perfect sales page. Instead of all of that, it goes from someone binge listening to their best friend, going to your website, and then being ready to purchase right away. So for me, I really believe in the podcast, just acting as a, a way to shorten the sales cycle for coaches. Oh, you said it so well. I think that's the best I've ever heard it said. And I try to say that, and you said it better than me. It's a perfect. Tina just said, can you make money with podcasts without having tens of thousands of people following you? And the answer that Kelsey, you know, w- one thing I'm inferring from what you just said, and I know this for myself is, of course, right? Because you're shortening the sales process. So let's say you have 94 people total that listen to your podcast. Imagine if she had 94 discovery calls. Instead, she just gets to put up that podcast and she doesn't need 94 people to be her client. She maybe needs four. What's your answer to that question? Do you need 10,000, hundreds of thousands of people to listen to your show in order to be able to monetize it? So, I mean, I think this is another, this is another, moment to kind of recognize where our brain goes as far as like, oh, it's this or it's that instead of like, yes, and how else could you monetize, right? Because sponsorships is the number one way that people think of monetizing a podcast. And for me, it's literally the last way I think about monetizing a podcast. And I think that's just because that's just not my business model. That's an entire business model. You create a podcast to be the sole provider of income. And I have zero desire to do that, right? Like that's like writing a book and then deciding you want books to be your sole like income. It's like, well, then you better write 30 more books and like you better get yourself out there as a the the book writer. Like that's what you become where it's like, usually we don't wanna get ourselves out there as becoming like the podcaster or the book writer. We just have content that we want to bring people to. We wanna share and connect with them. And so yes, and, and 94 people would be great, but you could have 10 people. You could have 10 people listening to a podcast. And if you're in there and you're connective and you're talking to them and you're clear as to what you do, the transformation or result that you love and believe in, it's so clear then um, that people, they, they just go straight to you. They go straight to you. And it, it's, a, it's a really beautiful thing because what it does is it connects people. It connects people and it helps people feel like there's someone out there that gets them, right? There's someone out there that understands the problems and the pains that they feel. There's someone out there that, that has this end result that they're hoping for. So when you're really vulnerable and transparent in your podcast, I will tell you, that helps not only you enjoy your podcast, you enjoy it so much more when you can just show up and be yourself. It, it helps you as a human. It also helps your bottom line because people are so clear. They're like, that's the human. That's the human I want to work with. Like if I'm going to spend my hard earned dollar somewhere, it's going to be with someone like that, you know? A hundred percent just today on the show. Cause this weekend I've been like spinning around in a circle 
just so much going on, like stuff in my family and COVID and where to live and with stuff with the show I'm working on. Like there's so many decisions and I'm getting pulled away from my center and trying to check all the boxes for everyone else. And I shared it today on the show and I felt so good that I could just be like, oh my God, I'm in it. I'm in it. Right. And like, don't think I'm not in it. I have my days, you know, I for sure have my days. How do we not PS going through a freaking global pandemic? Oh, it's just once every 100 years. Oh, great. We we won the lottery on the time of our life. (laughs) Um, So last question about podcasting, people are asking it. So I'm going to ask it to you. So that all sounds great, but how do you get the human beings to come and listen to your show? Even if it is only 10 or 20, how do you get people to listen to the show? So, I mean, there's a lot of different strategies you can, you can go and you can grassroots it for sure, you know, but I mean, I think that one of the best ways to get people to listen to your show is to go and provide value on somebody else's show, right? So that really, and and you would be shocked at how many people are looking for people to interview. I think everybody's like, oh, great. I have to go on someone else's show. And it's like, no, 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 you don't have to. Other people are looking to fill spots. Like, trust me from Kathy and my experience, we're looking for good content. We're looking for good stories. We're looking for people to come onto our shows. And so I think once you can get over that and you can go find some really great shows out there that have an aligned target audience, and that is also key. You want someone that has an aligned target audience. You want to go and and show up and be yourself on there and chat with them as a human and laugh and giggle and be yourself on that show, be a breath of fresh air for them, give them some tangible meat, be really honest. Like Kathy was saying, the more you can show up on a show less polished, and you can show up and be like, this is how I am. I'm really good at some stuff. I'm also a hot mess in some other ways. I'm gonna give it to you both. Like I'm gonna give you both of those sides and and say it how it is. People are going to be like, oh, like that's my person, right? So it's like, if you've got a hot mess side, awesome, bring it to the table. Like, yeah, bring your strengths too, like bring your skills. But if you bring them both together, people have an appreciation for you being a real human. So I'd say that for me, that's been one of the best ways to build and grow my audience, you know? hundred percent. I'm so glad you said that. I don't think anyone is looking for like the prescription. It's like, oh, gather around. I have all the answers. You're like, Ooh, I don't like you. <laughs> like yeah. nobody wants to believe you. Around. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe you. Yeah. I mean, I always said, I remember hearing Amy Porterfield say this years ago, which is like when her business is crushing it, she finds that her marriage is in the toilet. And then sometimes yeah. her marriage is great and her business is falling apart. And I'm like, yes, reality. Like how on earth are you supposed to be like killing it in every area? It's like, yeah, even Beyonce is going through the things, you know what I mean? Like, please. All right. So Tell everybody where they can find you, your podcast and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you can find me at KelseyMurphy.com. Um, if you go right there on the homepage, there's always like an awesome free gift for coaches right now. It's like how to plan your business there. We're going to put up a coaching pricing calculator soon because the pricing thing is such a big conversation and yeah, you can follow me. Um, you may see some Hawaii pics. If you follow me on Instagram right now at Kelsey Murphy. And then my podcast is called Whiskey and Work if you want to come over there and listen. I think the last one we did is a really great parenting, a working parenting one. So it's a good one. Kelsey, go enjoy your family in Hawaii. Thank you so, so much for today. You gave me so much life today. So much life. Oh my gosh. I love you as always. So grateful to be here. How awesome is Kelsey? I could talk to her for just hours and hours. All right, here are the takeaways. Number one, it's not about making a sales pitch. It's about sharing your passion. Number two, you want paying clients because you want someone who has some skin in the game. Number three, you're a coach when you can get someone clear results or transformation. Number four, we already have the answers inside of us. Give your clients an opportunity to reflect and ask themselves, what's one thing I'll take away and move forward with? Number five, ask yourself how you can have a day of the gods. Keep coming back to yourself, to what makes you happy. It's a constant process and a ritual. Number six, acknowledge your fear. Love up on it and let it know, I see you, I'm gonna do it anyway, and I'm not gonna be perfect. It's okay if I fail. And number seven, show up and be yourself. People appreciate you when you bring your hot mess and your strengths to the table. Okay, now I wanna celebrate some of our alumni. So Lucy said, I have sold six places to my first three-week course and now have three clients that I'm coaching one-on-one on a monthly basis. I have had a 600% increase in Instagram engagement after a week of consistent effort and reels. The hard work is worth it. 
Lucy, that is incredible. It's amazing how much you can grow when you keep showing up and engaging like you do and it's paying off. I know you're only going to continue to soar, so please keep us posted on all the magic that's coming right for you. Let's all give Lucy some love. Her Instagram is at lucymelville.artist. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I know that you are so busy and that you have so much going on. We're going to be back on Monday with another episode, and we're going to have some really juicy interviews coming soon with awesome guests like Mel Robbins and Brandy Carlisle. So please go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen so that you don't miss out. One last thing. Next Monday, what's happening? The podcast boot camp. That's right. Next week, I'm going to be teaching you for free. I'll be showing up live every day talking to you about how you can build a podcast, how you can get started, how you can grow an audience for your podcast, and how you can monetize your podcast. We're going to talk about all of it. It's going to be epic. You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash bootcamp. As you might remember, from now on, we're doing shows on Mondays and Thursdays. If you want more episodes, if you want more behind-the-scenes stuff, you can go to kathyheller.com slash insider and find out more of what's going on. But going forward, we'll be doing episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. I'll leave you with a song of mine, and I will talk to you on Monday. Just you and I Smelling of the kite dancing in the sky Take a picture, hold it in my mind Holding your hand as we cross the street